Cease fighting everyone and everything. Learn to wear the world like a loose garment. Good morning, friends, peers, and family. My name is Joel Christensen, founder of Christensen Academy and co-founder of the Professor's Institute for Professional Advancement, or known as PIPA. Our mission is to serve the greater good of businesses, to help put them in a better position to succeed and thrive. I am very excited to start this new podcast on Joelisms, a forum that will allow me to share a little wit and wisdom from some of the life lessons I have learned from a lifetime of experience. It is my hope that you will be enlightened and even empowered from the topics I have a passion for, an interest in, and am curious about. All I ask is that you take from these podcasts only what feels right and good to you and that you can use and apply in your personal and professional life. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another one of Joel's podcasts. This one is devoted to the concept of peace. Are you the peace you want to see in the world? Peace is not something we need to search for. It is not even something we need to create. It is something that is within all of us. Being peaceful is a choice that anyone can make. Awaken to the peace that you are. That was submitted by an anonymous source. I value peace and a peaceful life and yearn for the kind of divine and sacred peace that passes all understanding. So where does that come from? For me, it emerges from a quiet and peaceful and still center. Ralph Martson made the following observation about the power found in a peaceful mind. According to Martson, and I quote, Great ideas and great accomplishments flow easily and naturally from a calm and peaceful mind, unquote. He went on to suggest that when we are free to think and act in the direction of our most sacred dreams and highest vision, there is no limit to what we can accomplish. Clarity of purpose and dreams materialize from a peaceful mind, not an anxious or fearful one. The following are seven steps to peace that help me live a more peaceful life. The first one is letting go. The following has been learned through a lifetime of my experiences. What I used to think was good for me at times wasn't good for me. What I used to think wasn't good for me, in fact, at times turned out to be pretty good for me. It's an interesting contradiction, isn't it? The point is that while traveling down life's path, be cautious about making too many judgments and assumptions. Unfortunately, many of them turn out to be wrong. Let me give you a rigorously honest example. The path I have traveled in my life hasn't always led me back to my past experiences and relationships. My life has evolved and changed as it should. Often, too much of myself was left in the past, 
But through the tears and grief work, I have come to a peaceful acceptance that not going back is okay. And I don't have to feel guilty about that anymore. It is more peaceful living in the present than it is to be starting or staring in the rearview mirror of our past. Learn to let go of what has been lost along life's journey. It has taken me all of my life to understand that it isn't always necessary for me to understand. Some things in life simply defy logic and understanding. Bid a peaceful farewell to it. There is a calmness and a peacefulness in doing that. What was isn't. What is, is. Don't waste good energy going back and revisiting what cannot be changed. It is far better for emotional and physical health to spend our energy on what can be changed. That is not to suggest we forget. Minds aren't meant to forget. Sometimes remembering can prevent being hurt again. However, the mind can heal through the letting go and forgiveness process. A healed mind is a more peaceful mind. It has been said that while scattering the ashes of yesterday and gathering wood for tomorrow, we are not being warmed by the fire of today. So stay in the moment and learn to embrace and appreciate it. Life is fragile and it can be fickle. There are no guarantees for the next moment. Every ending can be a new beginning. The second step is acceptance. During one of the many AA meetings I have attended while staying straight and sober, a friend of mine made a very enlightening point about acceptance being the key to peace. There is a universal and spiritual truth that we are exactly where we are supposed to be at this very moment in our lives. And if it were meant to be some other way, it would be. Simply put, we are where we are in life. In Alcoholics Anonymous, the third edition of the big book, there is a profound and insightful statement about the essence of acceptance, which says that before we can find any peace and balance in our lives, we must first be willing to stop fighting and resisting everyone and everything. I took that to mean to surrender what we have no control over. Resistance leads to discontentment. Acceptance brings contentment. If there is something that needs to be changed, that change can be made more appropriately when we are not fighting it, but rather surrendering to the peaceful acceptance of it. Each human being is unique to this world, as different as thumbprints that should be respected and valued, not disrespected and devalued. It is often said that different isn't wrong. It is just different. People have different appearances, different religious beliefs, differing intellectual capacities, different life experiences, different educations, different DNA, and different opinions. Everyone is the greatest expert in his or her own opinions. There is value in differing opinions. We are where we are because of what we have experienced throughout our lives. No two lives can exactly parallel each other. 
Who would want to be a clone of another person anyway? That would mean giving up the person we were created to be. There is no peace in leaving our true self. Our soul will tell us that. Step three is forgiveness. You can't outsmart grief. It's a process. Learn how to forgive. There is no time frame attached to it. It takes as long as it takes. Smeads, in his book, said, and again I paraphrase, that it is through the process of forgiveness that the memory is healed of the guilt and shame, and it is forgiveness that changes your memory's vision. Isn't that powerful? Image just how peaceful life can be when it is not cluttered with disturbing thoughts, words, behavior, or negative images. Gripping firmly to old hurts and angers and resentments can hold us hostage, and there's no peace behind those prison bars. Anger can be one letter away from danger. Anger is a memory of a hurt. Anger is the mother of all hurts, and resentment is the mother of all angers. Resentment is where people plot and scheme ways to get even with someone. It is also where sabotage takes place. And sometimes violent acts can be hatched and acted upon. Can, in, can peace be found in any of that? I don't think so. One of the, of the definitions of forgiveness I found was in Webster's. And it is to give up all claims against the one who harmed us. Ask yourself, have I given up all claims of grudges and hurts that have harmed me and others? Claims I have against myself and claims I have against someone else? If you have answered yes, and there's no longer any intensity of the negative energy and feelings, you're probably through that forgiveness process and freed from the prison of blame and resentment. By wiping life's slate clean of self-pity or self-defeating behavior, any painful wounds, a more peaceful life can be experienced. The human spirit yearns to be free, and it is not free if there is still wreckage and pain and suffering surrounding, surrounding, excuse me, surrounding it. No one can be peaceful without a freed spirit. Today, when I look back in the rearview mirror of my life, all of the losses, the hurts, the angers, and resentments, they don't seem to have as much power. The intensity of those feelings fortunately has diminished. And the burning flame of the intensity, it's finally been extinguished. And it's been extinguished through my forgiveness work. All that is left there are some ashes from which a healthier, happier, and more peaceful life can be resurrected. Step four is simplify. Unclutter your life. Simplify it. An uncluttered mind and simplified life leads to more clarity of thought. And clarified thinking leads to a more productive and peaceful life. Clutter can be unsettling. 
and create confusion. Being confused and disoriented is not conducive to peace. I once asked someone to use one word to describe me, and I was a bit surprised, but it accurately described me. And that one word she used was uncluttered. I like order in my life. It's more conducive to peace. People today are conditioned to think big. Action is the distraction. The media massage is consistent with my addict's model, which is if a little's good, a lot more is better. The media massages us into thinking that if we just supersize everything, our life will be a little more fulfilled. That is merely an illusion that is created to delude us into thinking that more is what we need to be satisfied and content. The reality is that the more life becomes supersized, the more self-absorbed and disillusioned we can become with it. Houses are full, garages are full, and it doesn't take too long before we become full of ourselves. That's a pretty selfish way to live. Space must be created for peace. A peaceful life is not measured by how much stuff we have or surrounds us. It is measured by how much goodness there is inside of us and how much goodness we can create. Step five is architect. My father was a contractor, and I miss him every day of my life. He was very gifted, very successful. He had a true passion and talent for building, and his work revealed that. He was a great builder and left a magnificent legacy because what he built has endured. I like the analogy about becoming the architect of our own life. Your life belongs to you, and it will be under construction until the day we leave this earth. So we should be our own general contractor, not let, not sublet any of it out to someone else. We should create it, design it, and build it with the kind of materials that will truly enhance and enrich it. Taking pride in making your life a masterpiece instead of a work of mediocrity is a great gift to yourself. It has been my experience that people are too often influenced by what others think of them, what others say about them, and what others think is good for them. Learn to live your life independent of what other people think of you. What is more important is for you to like yourself rather than to be preoccupied with pleasing others so that they will like you. Peace and prosperity are the result of self-approval, not other people's approval. How many people or organizations hold liens on what is supposed to be your life? Stop giving anyone or anything that kind of power. Hold the mortgage to your own life and let it be free of any debt. Because if you don't, you could very well be at the mercy of a takeover. And there is no peace and freedom found in that. Step six is change. Everyone transitions through many different personal and professional relationships and experiences throughout their life. It is through those changes and transitions that transformations take place. 
Change is constant. It has been said that is that in changing, a purposeful life can be found. Change can create an opportunity to experience a metamorphosis or a marked change in viewing and thinking and doing. If changes are viewed positively and with hope and optimism, they can be the channels through which positive transformations can flow. Now, some changes require a little rest, while others inspire a physical and emotional realignment. A change can lead you to reassess and reevaluate what is working and not working in your life. Changes can be refreshing and re-energizing. And finally, change can be the kickstart needed to rededicate yourself to finding your purpose. It can also be the catalyst to transform your life. And seven is love. Love yourself and others as you want to be loved. These words are easy to read and may be easy to say, but they're pretty hard sometimes to put into action, especially when we don't get our way or others wound us by what they say and do or fail to say and do. Love in its most rare and purest form is always unconditional. It can be shown and expressed in many different ways. It can be spoken, affectionately and intimately shown, or demonstrated by action. But most importantly, and at all times, love must be an expression of respect. And it must be enduring. No one should stand alone in life. Love never stands alone. And without it, we're vulnerable to abandonment and isolation. Love is what gives purpose and value to our life. It builds trusting relationships. It is through loving and being loved that affirmation and value are found. Unconditional love can be difficult. Conditional love isn't. Unconditional love is not jealous, nor is it envious. It is not filled with pride, but rather with humility. It is gracious considerate, and courteous, all of which are endearing qualities. Conditional love can set limits on how much love is given and how much love is received. It can be guarded and suspicious, and one can be hesitant to trust. Conditional love is more self-serving, a little bit selfish. Love is a verb, and it reflects honor kindness, and compassion. It insists on the truth and the need to be forgiven. And remember this universal truth about love. Only when I love me can I love you. In the spring of 2006, which is a long time ago, I attended a vocal concert uh, that my oldest granddaughter Kathleen sang at. And I mention it because of two reasons. The first is that I find peace in being in the presence of a special gift, like a grandchild. Secondly, as she was preparing to perform, I decided to walk through the school she attended just to get a sense of her educational experience and environment. 
It also brought back many positive memories when I served as a public school administrator. During my walk, I noticed a poster with a powerful message about peace that truly enlightened and inspired me. I intuitively knew that it needed to be included in this podcast. It is a Chinese proverb, and it goes like this. If there is light in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. If there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. If there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. If there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. Before there can be any order or harmony in any nation, any community, or any home, there must first be order and peace within our own soul. So let it begin. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are looking for a common sense speaker, help with your business and strategic planning, books by Joel, or continuing education credits in ethics and managing your time to be more efficient and productive, please contact me at speakerjoel at ymail.com or through my websites www.joelcspeaking.com or www.professorsinstitute.com.